Slave of it, Chris! Let him have it, Chris. 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 There's a button, a switch for everything. You're listening to Aerial View, worldwide on the internet. No tricks like this. What kind of radio show is this? I heard his voice take radio cost many, many times on both the light program and the home service. Hey buddy, this is the state of New Jersey and I don't care who we are. Chris, you get out of space. Let's talk. I'm sick of talking. No, I got to talk. You get out of here. Jesus, will you stop saying that? I know how to talk to people. That's clear. For you, y'all blockos. But you stop, Dad. Huh? Stop it. Shut up. Conversation is a two-way street. I'm all back. Get the f- out. I'm going to drag my dick. I don't get your acting. I don't think you know what you're trying to do or how to go about it. You're stupid. I heard it over the radio. Real stupid. I'm not just talking about one person. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships. The devil. Hell. I'll pitch my voice wherever I please. I'm a famous radio personality now. Most people today couldn't care less about the radio personalities. I couldn't agree with you more. He's always talking about some radio star that I never heard of. You don't like my stories? You don't have to listen to my program. Listen to the radio. Find out what's going on. Listen to the talk shows and you will find out what's going on in this country. Oh, man. Talk radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay, okay. The car has just made a suicide. <laughs> I have an idea now. I just hope this man realizes that being able to communicate with people all over the world carries a serious responsibility. Show the man your power, big. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! your bastard people. Hi, I was wondering if this was the same Chris T who does um, 
the radio show. Because um, if it is, I think your show is really great. Um, but if it isn't, um, I'm sorry to have bothered you. 42% of all liberals are queer. That's a fact. The Wallace people took a poll. You want to know what I think? I think there's some kind of deviated prevert and that you were organizing some kind of mutiny of preverts. Thank God we're at the end. I've got to take a wicked leak. A wicked lab leak, perhaps? Hmm. It's me, Chris T. Back here at HQ. And uh, very happy to have Keith Hartel back on the program tonight in just a little bit. Going to reaching out to him, be reaching out to him on Skype. A word I really, really dislike saying. I've been watching that show, The Comiskey Method, I think is what it's called, on HBO with Michael Douglas and uh, his bad dentures and Alan Arkin and his somewhat better dentures. And it's uh, it's a Chuck Lorre show. Chuck Lorre was the one that, uh, of course, more uh, Charlie Sheen excoriated. Charlie Sheen was on uh, Two and a Half Men, a sitcom I, I never watched. Just like I never watched Friends, so I don't give a fuck about the Friends reunion. This is Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com, where every Sunday, New Hound Howls at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And then, of course, Mark and Miriam, the duo chop shop of the year, is called Crashing the Party at 5 p.m. Eastern. And Aerial View replays Tuesdays at 6 p.m. In between now and Tuesday, it becomes a podcast available at Amazon. Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, sometimes YouTube. So wherever you can get podcasts, pretty much. Just search for Aerial View, a show that's been around in one form or another since 1989. When I was still living in Tenafly, New Jersey, around the corner from the Malm Elementary School, where apparently uh, this past week, elementary teacher got in trouble because a fifth grader got up dressed like Adolf Hitler and uh, gave a report about um, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Basically said things, you know, by the way, if you're teaching, um, maybe leave Hitler out of it. I don't know. I, I'm sure you have to teach about Hitler, but uh, maybe don't ask a kid to dress up like Hitler or have him dress up like Hitler. So the teacher suspended, the principal's in trouble. I, I lived around the corner from that school for uh, uh, five and a half, almost six years in Tenafly, New Jersey, the first place I moved to when I got to New Jersey in 1986. And... Uh, Weird shit going on at that elementary school. I was looking up Malm Elementary School to find out about this story. And uh, in 2018, there was a teacher found with child porn on his uh, laptop. So, what's going on at Tenafly, folks? I have no idea. Tenafly, New Jersey. And uh, all the places I lived, man. Edgewater is unrecognizable now. Edgewater is so built up. 
Uh, of course, Hoboken is a douchebag paradise, basically. I mean, I still know some people I like who live there, but for the most part, when I go there, I can't wait to get out because it's a lot of double-wide strollers. Very, very pink people who work in the financial industry. What can I say? Uh, but that's also where Keith is, so we're going to reach out to Keith in just a bit. I was trying to get the phones up and running. So you could call in if you want at 760-422-5528. But the goddamn Google Chrome has shit the bed. So I say with all sincerity, fuck you, Google. While I'm at it, fuck you, Amazon. Fuck you, Apple. Uh, who else? You know, big tech. Oh, Facebook. Definitely fuck you, Facebook. Definitely. They just, uh, by the way extended the Donald J. Trump ban another two years. So Donald J. Trump, the J stands for jerk, doesn't get to go on uh, the Facebook until uh, he decides to run for president again, I guess, just in time for him to run for president, right? That's what they, when they're going to lift the ban? Because you know, and I have said, that he is running for president again. There's no two ways around. He actually thinks he's being reinstated in August. He's spreading this conspiracy theory now that the, that these audits they're doing in Arizona and now they they want to do one in Pennsylvania and these things are spreading and they're being done by these these right-wing hack companies and and we're living through insane times y you know I don't often stop and think about it because the last few years have just been a whirlwind and and I feel like especially since recuperating from the latest round of foot surgery that I'm just I've been going and going a million miles an hour and I long now just to traipse into the middle of a forest somewhere and sit down there for about three months and not do anything I had my downtime though that's the thing I had my downtime I was laying in bed unable to walk recuperating and and, and now's the time to get stuff done so so I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. But you got to stop every once in a while. You got to think, what is this insanity we've been living through for years now? For years with this motherfucker Donald J. Trump. This piece of garbage. Him and Rupert Murdoch. Two pieces of garbage. Uh, when they drop dead, I will rejoice like I have never rejoiced before. These are two men who between them have created so much strife and misery and death and mayhem that it's it's almost impossible. It boggles the mind, actually, to think about it. Just what they have wrought in this world. Uh, between Fox News and Donald J. Trump, we are, we're still headed straight to hell. I was reading something today about how we're in the eye of the hurricane because, you know, Biden won by, what, 44,000 votes, right? It could have easily gone the wrong way. And that's what the Republicans are doing right now. They're, they're, they're getting into the mechanics of things. They're getting in to the gears and the nuts and the bolts, and they're rebuilding the machine so that even if they lose, they still win. The, 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 the threat to American democracy, which let's, let's face it, the American democracy is where it's at, baby. Just like rock and roll came from America. America does democracy. Tries to anyway. 
we try to move towards a more perfect union, of course. That's what we're trying to do. It's not perfect, but we're trying to move there. We're trying to get better. And then along comes Rupert Murdoch and, and Fox News, that sewer of misinformation just takes these people who already think horrible things and reinforces all the horrible things they think rather than say to them, you know what, maybe you're wrong. And it's a, it's a really, really shitty time to live through. Because we're in this eye of the hurricane, as this article was saying, and we don't know, man. We don't know what's going to happen quite yet. It, it's we got these two senators, Cinema uh, and and Mansion, who just will not give up on this fucking filibuster thing. And until we do that, we're we're royally screwed. Royally screwed. We're in a very very strange moment. And on top of that, of course, there's the pandemic. Which is the topic of tonight's aerial view. Have we reached peak lab leak yet? It's my cue to contact uh, Keith Hartel. See if he'll actually answer the Skype. Hopefully he's standing by. Hello? I said hopefully he's standing by. There he is. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. That's good. How are you, Keith Artell? I am well. Good to hear. And, and, and you're a little bit agitated, it sounds like. You know, um, I, am, I am agitated. Thank you for uh, noticing that. What, what was the tip-off? I think that you just said, like, this is a really hard time to live in the eye of a hurricane, and that struck me as agitated. Yes. Yeah. It is a tough time to live through, because... Even though it seems like things are easing up with the pandemic, I don't know. I feel like we're not, you know, I feel like we're going to hit another wave. I feel like something weird's going to happen. I'm not sure. There's still 16% of people in New Jersey who don't even want to take the vaccine, who won't get the vaccine for various reasons. When they asked them why, they were like, I don't trust medical science. And well, 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 you're vaccinated though, right? I am. See, I, because I actually, I'm, you know, today is my two-week anniversary of my second shot, so I'm good to go. But um, I so, so don't care about other people not taking the vaccine. I can't express enough how much I don't care about that because I have the vaccine. And I believe vaccines work. And it's funny because the argument that everyone needs to be vaccinated and they have these, like, weird, like, kind of outlier anecdotes about, you know, you know, you can kind of get some kind of non-symptomatic thing and potentially, you know, like a lot of, like, anecdotes and hypotheticals, which ironically, if you talk to anti-vaxxers, that's the same kind of shit they cite. Like, that it's not 100% absolutely safe and effective. Like, they can't prove it to be 100% safe and effective. So, to me, it's kind of like, you know, um, if, if you're down with the vaccine, believe in the vaccine, believe in the vaccine and say to those people that don't want the vaccine, say, good, more for me. Give me extra vaccine. Can I go get another dose? Yeah, it can be indestructible. Watch them, watch them have to go, go get the plague. Well, you know, we're, we're going to have to renew that shit just like the flu shot, apparently. So you're going to have to go get your COVID shot every now and then. 
I don't know how often. They don't know, you know, but uh, yeah. it might end up being a yearly thing. When you're at the doctor for the flu shot, he gives you the other flu shot. That's what uh, COVID-19 is. It's But it's a novel right. flu. It's a flu we haven't yeah. seen before. This is why when people would say things like, oh, it's like, you know, so many people die every year of the flu. You have to explain to them the meaning of novel. They, they just, it's like, uh, I'm tired of the idiots. I can't take it anymore, Keith. Well, I, I saw yeah. it. Go ahead. Isn't it isn't it weird though that they talk about how many people die of the flu every single year and the year that COVID killed everyone, no one died of the flu? Uh, it's kind of eerie. It's well, it's it's a know, little eerie. It makes you feel like you're not always getting all the real information. Could well like be. Either they were, either, they're, either they're overestimating how many people were getting dying from the flu in the first place to encourage people to get the vaccines. Or people were dying from the flu and they want to just spin it that it was all COVID so that people had to believe the COVID or whatever. It's it's really weird. Like the whole, the famous politicization is, um, it's it's that has just made every person like, because, I mean, like, because you'll use, you'll say like, I'm tired of idiots. And I, I just see it more as like, everyone is now insane. And, you know, sure, there's some people are dumb. But there's a lot of people that aren't dumb, but are definitely insane. And I think there's more of that. I think that's more of the problem than uh, dumb is insane, and no one, no one is 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 immune. I think you and I just have different definitions of insanity. I mean, I, insanity to me is like you don't understand the consequences of your actions. I think these people understand. I mean, they and by the way, what they want. I, I saw. I got to digress because I saw a. Uh, Lincoln Navigator today at the grocery store with a chrome-plated set of truck nuts on it. And they were the first truck nuts I had seen, like, in our area. We're, we're in a fairly blue area here in Hudson County. Yeah. And I hadn't really, I'd, I hadn't seen truck nuts before. And these were big. This was a big pair of truck yeah. nuts. And if you don't know what truck nuts are, they look like uh, a human scrotum, and except very exaggerated. And they're they're massive, and and they uh, basically go where your trailer hitch is. So you cover up your trailer hitch uh, with truck nuts, and then you drive around, and everyone has to look at your truck nuts. So, yeah. congratulations to that guy from Maryland with the uh, truck nuts. Congratulations, I just want to say. But I I fear for the moment that we're in because it, it is a precarious moment, and I wanted to talk to you about lab leak theory which yeah. has been around for a while but is really now with uh the biden administration saying they want to report in 90 days on how valid this all is it's it's really heating up and everybody's so i, I want to ask you keith have we hit peak lab leak theory or do you think this is uh going to get even more oh intriguing well, I, now if you want to talk about like something that's like how, why everyone is crazy, this is to me the perfect example because if you start from last year and it was like you'd get the Fauci or the whatever government was poo-pooing saying like, no, the lab leak is, uh, no, there's nothing there. But then you'd read real scientists saying like, no, there's really a good possibility that's true. And it was one of those things that they went around saying was debunked, but they never explained why it was debunked. They were just like, oh, the science says that that could happen. And some people maintained the skepticism. And the main thing is it was marked off as a thing that was not up for discussion. That's what I think is significant. It was like, this is not up for discussion. 
So what I think is very suspicious, or at least you're, you're, this is going to seem like a weird tie-in, but you remember when um, when the word got out that that DJ TJ had the meetings at the top of the Trump Tower with the fucking Russians? Oh yes, oh yes, and, I remember. Now, if you remember, as soon as that came out, that it was breaking. Remember that Junior released all of his emails, and people were going like, this seems really crazy because these emails are very incriminating. And then it turned out by the end of the whole rigmarole, when it just turned out that, that that meeting wasn't against the law to have that meeting. It just turned out that's the way it was. Not whether it was right or wrong. But So what it said to me was, okay, well, that was the strategy of putting out all those emails, is let people talk about it, let them talk themselves out. And to me, the Fauci emails seems like a thing like that. It's going to be like, that I think that the lab leak thing, I think that they don't know for, for real is my guess, but I think the flood of the emails makes it so that it's like we have nothing to hide. And then if you dig through it, you'll catch them saying a few inconsistent things, but so what? But there's, there's definitely, it's this strategy is somewhat like that Trump Jr. thing where it's like, well, they don't put out, all his emails aren't made available if they think that they're incriminating. Um, and then the conservatives, on the other hand, will find things that they say are incriminating. None of it will be against the law. And then the lab leak thing I love the most because during Trump, they were saying, OK, well, this is a racist conspiracy theory. But now when you have like anti-establishment types saying, OK, now the lab leak theory is going to be real. You have this kind of further left, more radical kind of person that's saying, no, don't buy into this new wave of CIA propaganda, anti-China propaganda that it came from China. And so there's like there's like two different levels of like, um, you know, it's it's like a Thomas Pinchon thing. Like it's who it's, what's the conspiracy? I don't what level is this conspiracy working? I, it's working on a number of <laughs> levels. It's infinite jest is what it is. I I think I, uh, first of all, um, let can we let's see if we can agree on a number of things. Right. I, I feel um, it's suspicious that there are three labs doing this kind of virus research in the world and one of them is in wuhan right there's one in like north carolina or some crap like that and then i forget what the third is but wuhan has one and it's been known for a while that in uh, that particular lab there are like four levels of protocols there's the, the the most impressive top level protocol when dealing with infectious diseases and then they have three beneath it that they, they got like silver and bronze and then lead whatever the fourth level would be and we don't know yet when they were um trying to take these these uh, viruses out of bats and supercharge them there um there's a there's a phrase that i kept reading about this they're trying to get a uh, critical gain function or some shit yeah. like that yeah and they're trying to really see how how bad they can make it. Like, how bad can we make this virus? I'm not really clear. Like, a lot of things with science, when the question gets asked is, like, I know we can do it, but should we do it? I'm always, yeah. I'm always like, I know you can do that. Should you do that? I mean, what if something does get out? And uh, now we're finding out that three staffers from the Wuhan Virology Lab got sick uh, in late 2019. We don't yep. know with what. Um, I, I just feel, and this is, and you, you know, Keith Hartel is here with me, Keith Hartel, 
uh, has his own opinions about these things. The nature of the Chinese government means we will never know. We, how could we ever know? Yeah. True. Yes, I, well, so, yeah, um, total agreement, everything. One thing I understood, though, that's one of the levels of where it's, um, like, the, the way that they try to spin the controversy is that if it was the mutated form of the virus that they had manipulated and then it got out, that's, like, a different level of, like, horrible fuck-up than the other possibility from what I read was just that the normal form of the virus leaked out. And it's sort of like, it's almost like that one is more likely, but if they act like we're only trying to find out if the fuck-up was the mutated version got out, it makes you ignore the fuck-up of just the mundane garden variety version leaking out. So that's that's one of the possibilities, too. But that's that's the one that they don't talk about the most. Like, well, the, the, yep, this gain-of-function research, um, whether or not it was a gain-of-function germ or it was the naturally occurring one, um, this is going to create massive problems with our relationship with China. Uh, it's 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 the kind of thing that MAGA world will take and run with. And hey, are you, the honeymoon is over. Um, the honeymoon of uh, which honeymoon? Which honeymoon are we on? Are we still on uh, honeymoon? Honeymoon with China. Oh, the honeymoon with China. Listen, I have had my problems with China long before. Donald J. Trump came along. I I um, don't like China. I don't like the way they deal with their citizens. I don't like their surveillance society. I don't like uh, how they treat their ethnic minorities. I don't like uh, that they have a dictator for life. I don't like the way that American companies have moved all their manufacturing there, the tracks greased by the U.S. government for them to do so. I don't like that every fucking thing is made in China. I don't like that we empowered them, we enabled them, and now we have to deal with them. And it's quite possible they released a disease that will be responsible for killing four plus million people. Who knows where the number is going to go eventually? But it yeah. boggles the mind to think that if it's if it is a lab leak and not naturally occurring, then yeah. it is the great. It's one of the greatest mass murders of all time. I mean, Chairman Mao still killed a lot of people. We know Stalin killed a lot of people. Hitler killed a lot of people. Francisco Franco killed a lot of people. Uh, what's the name of the Chinese uh, dictator? Xi Jinping. Xi, yeah, Xi Jinping. Yeah, Xi he will go down in history as a as a one of the biggest mass murderers of all time because it happened under his watch. And I just don't know again that we could ever have a definitive answer. You're not going to get a definitive answer to this question. It's going to yeah. re- go ahead. No, I'm, I was just agreeing. I was just. Yes. Yes, but, we will not. But in that space, what kind of mayhem can occur? What kind of chaos can occur between we think this is what happened and we know this is what happened? That space in there is where chaos reigns, right? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, it's, I, I, don't, I don't see it as being, I don't see it as being as, I guess, key to the big picture. I mean, our, the problem of our relationship with China is, is a giant fucking I don't see how it really gets solved in any kind of real or satisfying way. But if this, this thing of like, um, like let's say if it was a leak, right? Cause if you say, if you use what mass murder, that sounds like then it was re- released a weaponized ver- uh, virus on purpose. So like, I don't see where that's ever going to be the official story. Um, no, I wonder, can you be an accidental mass murderer? I mean, it's possible. 
The word murder, no, just by definition, you can't. My, manslaughter. That's, I mean, there's different. Oh, man's words. laughter. Right. It's man's laughter. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you're putting, when you're putting people in that club, that Genghis Khan, Hitler club, you know, you want to keep it very exclusive as possible. That's true. It is uh, like the 27 club. It's very exclusive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's just this. I think it's just, um, I think it's going to be a, just a goofy distraction and it will amount to like nothing will really change. It'll be Fauci is going to be kind of um, I think he's already getting a little bit thrown under the bus, kind of, because they're going to leave him out there with his inconsistent emails, which they say is OK. Like now it's OK for us for some reason to think about lab leak. I didn't get the indication that they released all this information. Oh, no, I'm actually I'm lying. Someone put in a Freedom of Information Act for that, didn't they? I'll I'll agree. Yes, I will agree. But I don't know, but I'll agree. I, I think it just turns into like just I like a nine eleven truther kind of scenario, like you know, or JFK. I've just been watching. Uh, just Isn't watching it, the movie I, for the first time. What I would like to see. What I would like to see, because I know Joe Biden has talked about this, uh, moving manufacturing back here. Um, I would like to see them use this as a cudgel to do that and Ooh. somehow f join the two topics together. Say, listen, folks, we've been dealing with this China problem a long time. Maybe this is a good opportunity to extract and uh, our ourselves from China to bring manufacturing back here to do a few other things that would uh, make our position a little bit stronger in the world. I don't know. I, I he's he's actually talked about it, so it's not that far fetched that this could be a thing that is seen as an opportunity to to move forward with that agenda. Namely, um, let's make it possible for things to be made here. And for them to be made here where people are still earning a living wage and where things aren't horrifically expensive to purchase. Because, you know, I, I never was able to make that connection with people when I'd have the conversation about how expensive everything is and your wages. Like if, if, if people got paid better, they could afford things that were made in the United States because those people are also getting paid better. And it right. could be a virtuous circle or cycle, whatever you want to call it. And I never, I was never really good at, at uh, selling that idea. I, I don't know why. Well, um, well, it probably depends a lot on who you're talking to, I guess. But I think, I mean, I, that seems to be, that's a fairly common, that's one of those like populist right, populist left sort of agree on kind of things, as far as I could tell. Like, um, those are, well, those are very, those are very rare. I think we should... I think we should take, you know, examine that for a minute because I, you always hear this thing about how we have more that we agree on than we disagree on. And there are many things that the right and left agree on, you know, namely that rich people should pay more in taxes. They're not paying their fair share. They agree that uh, health care um, should be cheaper free. They, they, you know, right and left agree on any number of things. I mean, even on social justice issues or, or what they call wedge issues, abortion and so on, the polls show that, you know, Republicans have been moving more towards the center on a lot of these social issues. Maybe not the evangelists, of course, but 
you know, and then it's, but it's also, this is what makes what's happening right now with the GOP and the way they're re-engineering state governments so that they can still win elections that they lose, what makes it so insidious, because it's even against the will of the majority of Republicans. It's this weird, you know, the base, when they talk about the base and the base that Donald Trump controls, it is that MAGA world that is, for the most part, I don't know that they can be reasoned with, and I don't know that they're going to be convinced, even after a few years of Joe Biden's policies making their lives better, whether it's incrementally better or actually better, whatever it might be. I don't know. Do I, I heard this thing, and I tend to agree with it. People vote to say, fuck you, not thank you. So this idea that the Democrats are going to win a bunch of people over by making their lives better may be seriously misguided. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on whose lives, how much better. But right now, I mean, all I see is um, like the entire, you know, whatever far left Bernie Sanders kind of branch of who would potentially vote Democrat are all just like, okay, so Biden really is very consistent about not doing anything he said he's going to do. And he's not helping us and we're not going to vote for him. But that is kind of like that fringe element. Um, but at the same time, there it's like Trump getting thrown off social media. It's it's demonstrated that like his his relevance, I is in my opinion, just like as as far as right in this moment, is manufactured by the media because he has like no one would even know what he's saying unless they talk about it on TV because he can't get on on the computer on social media. So it's like to me. Um, there, there was a guy I heard right after 9-11. I like bringing up 9-11 a lot today. But right after 9-11, this, um, some guy that wrote a book was on NPR or some shit. And when everyone was saying, okay, well, we're going to have terrorism wars from now on. And this one guy said, no. He said, 9-11, this move was like radical Islam's like attempt to provoke a global war, you know, global catastrophe, upend the system, attack, like get us, get America to overreact. And it failed, and it said, like, from here on in, it's going to be diminishing returns for that Osama bin Laden agenda. And I think that I, I would say the same thing about that um, January 6th thing. It's like, I think that was that was the tipping point. Like, that's the moment that they really lost the momentum, like, that a lot of people were kind of brought to, like, you know what? No, we can't really. This isn't happening. No, it's not. We're not changing the system. Um, Trump is not omnipotent. Everything that... You know, the big people have been consistently lied to. Like when they're talking about the new thing is he thinks he's going to be reinstated in August. Um, I don't think that that's like to be taken seriously. He won't be reinstated. Not that many, not as many people believe it as believe whatever shit was supposed to happen in January. But I think that there's a strong um, urge to keep us worried about about him and them. And uh, that also, that's very 9-11. It's very orange alert, like very see something, say something. It's it's right. I just feel like same thing happening again. So you remember when George W. Bush choked on a pretzel? Mm. And uh, if you see the yeah. Oliver Stone film W, uh, yeah, there's a great uh, scene in there. They actually depicted the scene in the film. And um, who was the actor? The Brolin, Josh Brolin, right? Josh Brolin great. does a really good job. I uh, I really think those Brolins turned out pretty well. I remember his dad 
uh, Elder Brolin, I think his name James was. Brolin. James Brolin. James Brolin, yeah. He was in Skyjack, and he was on, uh, what, Marcus Welby or one of them medical shows, anyway. Uh, uh, here's the hardest thing. James Brolin, in The West Wing, played the fictionalized version of George W. Bush and, and you know, debated Jed Bartlett. I did not know that. I wasn't funny. I wasn't a West Wing viewer. I should go back and investigate that show. Probably something tells yeah, me I should take a look it, at it's it. It's horrible. It's 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 like um, it's like it's going like, to Disney World. I bet right. It's like looking at a picture of yourself when you had a mullet. Like if you thought the show was cool, and then you look at it twenty years later, and you're like, oh no, every reason why every bad thing happened was this that the people that are, the young people in government now were programmed by this show, and that's why. We have Trump. It's because everyone hates. Trump. Well, it's a good thing I rewatched the the Southland, and I'm watching rewatching The Wire. Then I'm not re, I'm not I'm not watching. Uh, I need every once in a while. Like like I like to go to bed with a good cop show. I like to uh, yeah. before I head off to bed. I like to watch a cop show. I don't know why, but yeah, they're soothing. They're soothing. They're soothing? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, like you know, if you look at the process, it's like there's a problem. They solve the problem, like, law, like the system, like there's something about like, you know, law and order is the biggest one. Right. And like law and order is basically about like, the system basically works. They're good people doing well, the best. It's not perfect. Well, this like, is like, why I told you to watch Southland though, because Southland doesn't really resolve that way. It's it's not one of those cop shows. It's, it's a very problematic, like they don't depict being a cop as really that great. Matter of fact, the way they depict it, it's like ruins people's lives. Essentially, and uh, I, I did watch it. I did watch the first. I think I watched the first season. That was yeah. short, was yeah. Season. It might yeah. be like ten episodes or something. I don't know, but uh, there's there's another four seasons. Yeah, I I like the show. We we you don't have to tell me whether you like it or not. It's okay. I I I liked it. I enjoyed it. You get to see a lot of Los Angeles. The acting's good. The writing's good. There's cursing yeah. on the uh, what is it Netflix or HBO Max version. They yeah. You could hear the cursing when it first aired. You didn't get the cursing, but. I've digressed. I've digressed way off the path of what's going on with the lab leak. Uh, the, the reason the reason I was asking about George W. Bush and the pretzel is I wonder what food might uh, that Donald Trump might actually choke on. I keep wondering what is it that he might actually choke on, and like could he self heimlich the way that George W. Bush self heimlicked by taking a running start at a table and and hitting the edge of the table on his solar plexus and thereby ejecting the caught piece of pretzel. I don't know that Donald J. Trump would be able to do that. I just don't know that he would know that you could do that. And if he was alone, it might mean the end. I'm just wondering what food would do it. Because he but eats a diet. He, he doesn't eat anything crunchy. No, I was going to say he eats like soft, <laughs> mushy food. Yes. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't count on this outcome. Okay. All right, get down on it. The lab leak theory to me, and and the fact that it's heating up. Uh, by the way, Keith Artell is our guest, and um, uh, I don't know where, what comes out of the the ninety day report. Like I I don't I'm waiting for this ninety day report, but I don't I think it's going to essentially be we cannot conclude is what it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. But people are still going to capitalize on this, especially again in MAGA world. You and I, when we talked about it last, uh, the, the, the president, the former president, running again in 2024, because he was the president then. Um, yes. 
I I think that we both agreed that he would. Were you were you on that page? Were you thinking, of course um, he's going to run again, or or were you thinking, eh? I well, I think I mean to me, as long as he's saying he's going to run again, <laughs> then I think he's. You know what I mean? Like for, as long as he, you still see him dragging it out and saying he's going to run again, then I do believe. Yeah, I believe it's likely that he's going to run again. But I mean, thinking that he's going to run again because he's saying he's going to run again, I'm I'm not really. I don't count that as really a prediction as such. I think, uh, like everything with him, it's a grift, though, by and large. I mean, yes, maybe he would like to become president again to prove some kind of point. But I think mostly it's about the fundraising and about the money they can make with him saying he's going to run again. Yeah, well. Yeah. Why, why not? Why not? The grift is still going on. Well, I mean, the funny thing, you know what's funny is I watched... Um, the Comedy Central wrote, it was on Paramount because they have all this weird shit on that Paramount Plus channel. This Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump from 2011. And my God, how much was no one scared of that guy then? They were and not. It was, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of jokes. And the thing is that he was saying how he was going to run it. And, and at the end of the show, when he gets to give the final, like he gives like the final roast, Yes. Um, the funny thing is, one of the things on there is that you can only tell that two pe- you can tell that two people that roast him genuinely admired him, and one was Roastmaster Jeffrey Ross, mm-hmm. and the other person that you could tell honestly fucking thought Trump was cool and admired him was uh, Snoop Dogg. Those were like the two guys that were like, "No, nah, man, you know I love you, man. We gotta hang out." But do they Trump- do, do they still admire him? No, I mm. mean, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know what I'm. I'm I assume they don't. I'm sure Snoop said some shit during Trump, but what I'm saying, I just think it was funny then because a lot of people you could tell didn't like him then, like a lot of people that were on the dais, but those two guys did. But Trump at the end, he does this, like he does his bit, you know, he, you know, where he roasts everyone. And then he basically gives a campaign speech and it was sort of like, you know, people always had those roasts. They let them do those roasts for them to humanize them for whatever reason. And in his case, it really was because he was running for president. And he gives like a very earnest kind of short 2012 campaign speech at the end of it. And it's funny because if you look at the whole thing, it was very, very obvious that no one took the idea of him running for president seriously, even if he was running. But you could tell that he was taking it more seriously than they thought he was taking it. And it's funny just to look at it now because look where we are now. And it's kind of like it's it's funny to see if this guy is saying I'm this and this is what I'm going to do. This is what I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And then it happens, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" It's pretty funny. I uh, I wonder sometimes because I've always joked that I would like to uh, live long enough to piss on his grave, and I just don't know because I've been reading recently about the research into aging and how they can extend people's lives now. And there's a breakthrough right around the corner. They found out with mice, they can shut off certain genes and they can really just basically stop the aging process. And now we're looking at this future of in the next 10, 20, 30 years, people living beyond the age of 100. We always thought 100 was old, but not only living longer, but living better lives in better health, I'm thinking this is fucked up. I mean, people need to die at some point, first of all. I mean, I feel like it's great that you want to hold on to every moment that you have, but the world is overpopulated. We all know that. 
what 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 is this gonna do to the equation this this is not good i mean i i feel like again something science can do but should they do it did they ask should we do this by the way another thing that the wealthy will be able to do, but the rest of us are fucked, right? So you'll have a bunch of really, really old, you'll have Jeff Bezos, 200 years old. You'll have, you know, 200-year-old Warren Buffett or whatever. And they'll be in space. What was that? And they'll be in space. They'll be in space. They'll be living on Venus. That's where they'll be. They'll be living on Venus, exactly. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie Gattaca? Um, I did. I, I remember Gattaca. I liked Gattaca. But that's well, that's you know, because that was the thing where the upper class like moved like they'd been to a space colony and then Earth was slaves. Or was that a different movie? I think they made a lot of movies. Well, it sounds like uh, just about 15 movies that came out between yeah. uh, now and uh, 10 years ago. Absolutely. But yeah, you know, that's interesting. We were the, pr- the pump was primed with all these dystopia movies and TV shows, and then. We sort of we head into this pandemic, which which if it's not a dystopia, it at least has like notes of it. It has an aftertaste of dystopia to it. It it's a weird stripping bare of all the things that were wrong beforehand, and and just being I guess what what did they call it? Critical gain function or what was that? Yeah. Uh, yeah function yet but um when you're when you're talking about it as like as far as it being a potential dystopia i would call it i would just say it absolutely i i would say it was absolutely it was was dystopia and i mean you know that black mirror was like fuck it we're not going to make any more of these things for the near future you know like black mirror thought they weren't that the thing made them irrelevant so that's how dystopian it is is black mirror is like i have nothing to add to this right yeah black mirror in this current climate is eh. there's nothing to say like that there's no like there was nowhere to move like there's nothing to there's no way that you could take what's going on now and extrapolate it to because you know it's because did you watch that show very much at all which show black mirror yes i've watched most of black mirror love it well here's a great one is like the early one i forget what it's called it's called what however many credits it is but where the dude gets credits so that the chick could go on the reality show right and yeah, then, that was like first season, Black Mirror, yeah. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So when she's on the reality show, the whole audience is on a screen in back of the judges. And if you watch The Voice this year, that's exactly what you fucking see. It is that scene from Black Mirror. Yeah. It's not, people aren't virtual for the same reasons, at least as far as we know, but it was that. Everyone was isolated from each other. Everyone was working uh, from home. Yeah. And, and reality shows was still like the central focus of society. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it is a weird time to be alive and I just don't know where all of this is headed. Do you have any, do you want to make any, I dare to call them predictions, um, because I can't think of another word, but do you want to make any predictions about the next couple of years, five years out, 10 years out? Uh, well, I would just say I'll I'll go through like, uh, one year. I, I just, I think this year. I think this year, in retrospect, will be remembered as a great quality of life year, like whatever else happens in the future. Because, um, you know, I mean, if you focus on the things like a lot of things that you talk about, we could definitely that are big things to worry about, without a doubt. But just like, you know, uh, New New Jersey's we're doing great on our vaccinations and the pandemic thing is ending for real. The numbers are going down for real. Um, the president is just a boring guy that 
you can like not know what he did on a certain given day. And, like it just seems like the, the vibe is is just inevitably it's just things are I just think easing up. It's more relaxed, and I think it's just gonna. I think it's going to seem like it felt more relaxed in retrospect than it does right now while we're in this transitional phase. But, uh, you know, white boy summer, man, uh, is going to, I think it's going to be winning. Where did I see that phrase? <laughs> Chet, that was um, Chet Hayes, Tom Hanks's boy. You're kidding. I mean, like, what is, why are people so goddamn clueless? I don't get it. No, this is, no you got it. You don't understand where, see, Chet Hayes is from a younger generation than us. And um, he's, um, you know, he's one of those white rappers. Like he talks in the, the patois. He talks in like a um, some kind of urban Jamaican patois. Jesus, Jesus Christ! You're kidding. Yeah, but the thing is, he's lovable and hilarious. And the thing is, is that like people that see the video, it's like either they find him kind of like lovably goofy, or or clueless. But like, but it's just funny, like not dark or not like um, offensive, which hmm. is like just like you know nutty, but like. He's like, yeah, I've seen it's going to be a white boy summer. And then he just starts naming some of his white hip-hop bros. And it was funny because then that, that following Saturday, me and Timmy were watching uh, Saturday Night Live, and it was some horrible white rapper. And I was like, oh, this is probably one of those dudes that Chet Hanks was talking about for white boy summer. And it was. So, you know, it's, um, it's a movement of good vibe, like white guys being a good vibe, having a good time. And um, also, like, definitely um, it's very pro-black people. Okay, well, that explains White Boy Summer. I didn't know what it was. I miss out on so much. How do I miss out on so much? Oh, yeah, because I leave my phone alone for hours at a time. That's how. I have started doing that now that I've opened a store, you know, because if I keep looking at the phone, I won't get anything done. And so I can walk away from the phone for hours and... I'll be like, uh, it reminds me of the old days, Keith, when you you weren't yeah. you weren't so intimately yoked to the fucking world, and you didn't know every goddamn thing that was going on, and it was okay. It was okay that you didn't know every damn thing that was going on. I don't like when I'm holding my phone and I'm trying to do something, and these things keep coming over the transom, literally on the top of the phone. I mean. If Apple can figure out anything or Google or any of these people with operating systems, why can't you select to have that shit come up from the bottom of the phone? Because you know how often I'm trying to do something in that real estate at the top of the phone and then this thing pops up, this notification, and I inadvertently touch it. Next thing I know, I'm reading about some horrible goddamn thing that happened, a mass murder, you know, uh, some, some guy goes postal. Whatever it might be, I don't really want to read about it right now. I don't want to maybe read about it ever. And instead, I'm like, oh, now what happened in San Jose or whatever I used to just associate with some fucking Burt Bacharach song. And now you got to think about some guy killing nine of his coworkers and himself. It's just, it's a bit much. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um, disable, my, my, my life hack is... Um, uh, disable, disable notifications? <laughs> Well, disable as many notifications as you can. Because I, I only, I only let like the only notifications I have are for incoming phone calls and texts and no other notifications. This is why you remain uh, smarter than me. This is why you will always be smarter than me because you know what makes for a quality life, and you're willing to do it. So <laughs> to go into that settings. 
Yeah. I'm willing to open up the settings, settings. Man, and start open around, start making. Decisions. And me, the New York Times is bothering me. My every fucking news source is bothering me. Everything that happens in the world, I get to read about instantaneously. And well, you know what's funny? The the, the notifications no. that really actually drove me nuts were just the social media ones. Oh yeah, yeah. Some well, fart, constant, some, some fucking fart knocker has looked at your Facebook post. Big fucking deal. Yeah, uh, Jesus, tough. who needs it? Wow. Well, so for the next year, uh, Keith thinks it's going to be a pretty good year for most people. It's going to be. How did you put it? An exciting year, or a? Uh, we're going to look back and we're going to feel good about twenty twenty one. Good quality of life here. Yeah. Good quality think, well, of I, life here. Well, because I mean, just think about that. No matter no matter what you can worry about, there's just like be, between like the Trump. See, that's that's why like I, why I don't like a lot of the talk about Trump now is because we don't have to really have him as a thing that we, you know, that we, we don't have to include him in our worldview at at the moment. And it's sort of like if you just kind of like, OK, we got rid of that guy and then here's what we have now who's really there. Um, they're boring people, which is good. So so like even though like with Biden, like just the level of even agitated arguing as even lower, like the rage quotient on both sides is even as lower. And um, between that and just that the pandemic is ending, like it was scary and depressing when it was building up. So it has to inevitably be like kind of on some level, inevitably a relief. And everyone's feeling that, you know what I mean? Like, so I think it's like, I, you know, I'm getting a little bit Marianne Williamson about this, but, but, you know, I do think it's like, it's the whole culture is feeling a kind of a lightening up of pressure. And I think a lot of clinging to either, you know, whether you're on the left or the right or the middle, but like finding whatever things you can still urgently complain about, that's an option. But I just think that in, in the big picture, this year is just much, much better than the last four years objectively. So it's going to be the oh, let's say five years because the election year twenty sixteen sucked too. It so did. let's just say it's definitely going to be the best year in five years. Um, take the win. Everything, everything else is gravy. So you know. So the other day I found out, um, I think through some app, it might have been uh, WeHawking Next Door or one of these apps uh, that somebody was selling some stuff, and I, you know I, I have the store now, so I'm looking for people who are selling stuff. Uh, that I could put in a store. Not furniture so much, but some of the other stuff this woman had listed seemed interesting. And it turns out she lives around the corner from me. I could see the back of her house from my backyard. Finally, after like a month, uh, I go over there the other day. And um, she's a nice lady, older woman, turning this house over to her daughter and her son-in-law and their kids. And she's lived in Weehawken forever. The long and short of it is... uh, I'm talking to her in her kitchen and I glance on the wall and I see a picture and I say to her, is that me or Baba on your wall? Uh-huh. And and she says, why, yes, it is. And her whole demeanor changes. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking around and I see another picture of me or Baba and another picture of me or Baba. And I and I say to her, why do you have all these pictures of me or Baba? Who, you, if you don't know, Indian mystic guru, right? Look him up, M E H E R B A B A, Mir Baba. She said, I've been following Mir Baba since 1970, and 
I was like, okay, the guy that said, don't worry, be happy, right? Which Bobby McFerrin turned into a song that most of us... Uh, that also means, well, if she started following 1970, that's definitely, obviously, because of Pete Townsend. Well, I mentioned Pete Townsend. You know, she she nodded. She said yes. You know, I mean, Tommy was dedicated to me or Bobby because he died in 1968. Tommy came out in 1969, right? And... Uh, yeah, I- Who's like um, Pete Townsend has his solo album, which might have came out in seventy. Yeah, but that had like a photograph of me or Baba on the back, and it was just about it was one hundred percent directly just about all that. Anyway, we're out of time. I just wanted to say to you, Keith, don't worry, be happy, and yeah, you yeah. and I will talk again real soon. But uh, I got to go. I got to turn it over to Vintage Hound shows once more, and remind you that on Sunday. At 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Hound Howls, followed by Crashing the Party, the doo-wop chop chop of the year with Mark and Miriam. Here's me singing a song. The year, the year 2525. If man is still alive. If woman can survive, they may find. It's a year 35, 35, ain't gonna need to tell the truth, tell no lies. Everything you said to and say is in the bill you took today.
very far away. Maybe it's only yesterday.